My family once received a gift of a, a dinner bell, which actually comes in quite handy. When you ring that bell, our children come out from the woodwork and from the various corners of the cul-de-sac and suddenly appear at the table. Sometimes one will come a little bit later and find that their side of the bench has been filled. And out of our eight children, they wonder, where's my spot? But they know there's always a spot at the table for them. What about when it comes to God's table? He's the one that provides for all of our physical and spiritual needs. How do we know there'll always be a spot at his table for us? Well, today we look at the start of a series that we're going to be looking at for the next six weeks on wrestling with God. And we see a woman who struggled, who wrestled to find and claim her spot at the table. And as we look at this, we'll see also why we can be sure there's a place at God's table for us. As we turn to Matthew chapter 15, we see Jesus is leaving the area of the grazing grounds of Israel that he normally was in. And he goes out to the region of Tyre and Sidon. It's about 40 miles from the region of Galilee. And as Jesus goes to this foreign area, Mark reveals that he's trying to get away from the crowds, trying to hide for a little bit. But when he comes out of the house, it's apparent that he can't hide for long. A woman who's a Canaanite woman of a Greek origin finds out that Jesus is in the area. And she comes to him with her plea, calling out to him. It says she keeps on calling, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is severely afflicted with a demon. It says she kept calling out to him. Now, when she gives this title for Jesus, though she's a foreigner, it shows that she understands something that so many in Israel did not get. The spiritual leaders of Israel, who worked so hard to read scripture and dot their I's and cross their T's, did not understand what this title meant as they saw the person of Jesus. Even Jesus' own disciples didn't fully grasp what it meant when Jesus was titled and called the Son of David. The crowd that Jesus had fed, the 5,000, misunderstood who the Son of David was as they tried to make him some mere earthly ruler that would feed their stomach. But we see this woman understands Jesus is far more than a healer of the demon-possessed. He is the Lord. He is the Son of David. By calling him Lord, she recognizes he's the one who holds authority over the devil and all spiritual forces of evil. He is the one who's promised to sit on David's throne and who would forever put an end to all evil, all suffering, and bring everlasting justice, mercy, and peace to all the world. This woman, this Canaanite woman, gets it. But Jesus' response to her might seem kind of startling. She kept on calling, Lord, have mercy on me. Jesus' response? But he responded, not a word. Silence. How long have you been able to put up with silence? When someone doesn't give you a response, it's hard. When someone gives you the silent treatment, how do you bear up under it? When your pastor doesn't respond to a, a text or an email in one day, two days, do you start to feel like he doesn't care? Or when someone else ignores you or 
gives you the silent treatment, how do you bear up? How much more if it's God, the son of David himself, giving this woman the silent treatment? How well do you bear up when you feel insignificant and unanswered by God? It says the woman kept on calling out, so much so that the disciples urged Jesus to deal with the matter. Whether because she was becoming a nuisance or an embarrassment, they wanted Jesus to just give a response and perhaps send her away. And so the woman hears Jesus' response. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman hears this, and I'm sure she understands. The son of David was to sit on David's throne. This was God's plan. God spoke to Abraham. And it was to Abraham that God promised blessing and his offspring. And Jacob, who was later called Israel, the one who wrestles with God, he's the one who was given the promise that from his line, the son of the, the Messiah would come, the Savior of the world. And it's to David and David's line that the promised king would come and sit on David's throne for Israel, to Israel. This woman was a Canaanite. In fact, what Jesus says here, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of Israel. He shows as pretty much his whole ministry, he stays within the bounds of Israel and speaks to Israelites. And in fact, when Jesus sent out the 70, he says, don't go to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, but rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman, another foreigner, and told her salvation is from the Jews. Even the Apostle Paul, as he writes to the Roman Christians, says, salvation is first for the Jews. God's plan was that through the people of Israel, he would come. And to the people of Israel, he would come. And it's to them first that he must fulfill his promise. This woman was outside of Israel. She was one of the foreigners of those nations that were practicing idolatry and surrounded Israel and turned aside from the truth. But she understood the Messiah was sent to Israel, but he would bring an everlasting peace to all people and rule over all the world. And so it says she comes before him and she falls on her knees before Jesus and she says, Lord, help me. She gets it. God would not overlook her. I don't know how many times the silent treatment has caused me to no longer respond. Don't count me among those who have great faith. There are times when I've called out to God for a plea and thought, well, maybe he's not going to answer this time and one was enough. But this woman kept on calling and she fell before him on her knees. Jesus' response to her still seems pretty striking, perhaps even harsh by some. He says to her, it's not right to give the bread for the children and give it to the dogs, the little dogs. But the woman she takes up this response. Many of the translations don't get it right here. They have her wrestling as if arguing with Jesus and saying, no, Lord, as if she has a point to make that contradicts Jesus. But rather, actually, what she says in the Greek here is literally, yes, yes, indeed. And even 
the little dogs receive the crumbs that come from the master's table. She's not saying, Lord, but I still deserve something. She is saying, but still I know there'll be something if I'm at your feet and if I'm trusting in you, that there is still room in your table and there will be provision. Jesus' response to her then is, woman, you have great faith. It was this woman, this one who was a foreigner, who was told this by Jesus. The one who was told that she's outside of Israel. She gets it. You know, so much of our world around us and the Christian world around us sometimes gets this backwards and doesn't get this. In fact, all the major translations have her arguing with Jesus, saying, but Lord, what about, and actually she is acknowledging Jesus is right. Yes, Lord, I'm a little dog at your table, sitting at your feet, under the table and dreaming. Lord, what about me, the little dog? She understood that God's plan was first to Israel, and first and foremost, Jesus had come to give his message and his peace to Israel. And she understood that she was not important. So many Christians today are are told the message that you are special, you are important. God ought to make a place for you because you love him and because you serve him. But rather, the scriptures are very clear that nobody is called special or a child of God outside of their birth, outside of the nation of Israel. No one by their own inherent right because of their tribe or who they are is called a child of God. And yet, this woman recognized Jesus comes, the Son of David comes with mercy and peace for all. And that included even her. No matter how insignificant she might have felt, at least she would receive crumbs. She would be given mercy. The Messiah did not come to white, upper, or lower, middle-class German Lutherans. He didn't come to small or suburban towns. He didn't come to save your tribe, whatever that might be. He came, first and foremost, it says, to the nation of Israel. And he did not choose your your tribe or your people. He chose a nation of slaves that came from the line of Jacob. And it's to them he gave his promises first. And it's to them that the Messiah lived and walked and worked. The son of David came to Israel, for Israel. But his promises were for all the world. This woman recognized that, and you and I can recognize there is a place at God's table for us, not because we deserve it, not because we plead before him and we have earned the right, but rather because he is merciful and he has come for all this world, for every tribe. That woman who had great faith stood out from all the men of Israel because she understood this. God has come for me. No matter how insignificant or humble I might be, I'm still at his table and will be fed and will not leave his table empty. All the people in Israel that should have known more, that sat at Jesus' table and ate with him, did not comprehend this. Peter, who thought he could invite, have Jesus invite him to walk out on water, did not have great faith, but stumbled and was weak in his faith. 
The people who were fed, the 5,000 recently before this, did not have great faith as they were filled in their stomachs and heard the word of God. No, it was this woman who had great faith, who recognized God's provision for all and his, his provision for those who humbly trust in him. And that provision is for you. Can you imagine how that woman might have felt later on when that message spread to her region in Tyre and Sidon? When the, the same son of David who came to rescue her sent his disciples to baptize all nations? How did she feel when they heard that the son of David had given his life, given of himself on the cross to pay for the sins of the world? And that the Messiah rose to life in victory, crushing the devil and all enemies, assuring that there is provision and peace for all. And I kind of wonder, did, did this woman know, either before this event or after, did she and her daughter hear those words of Psalm 87, which say that the Lord will register among the nations. And it mentions a city nearby her from the region of Tyre, it mentions Tyre. It says, the Lord will register the peoples, including from Tyre. And he will say, this one was born in Zion. And there he will say, this one, born in a foreign land, was born and registered among the people of Zion. You and I have been born again. That baptism that has gone out to all nations has given us a rebirth. So that like this woman from Canaan, and like her daughter, we can trust in our Messiah, the son of David, who came to seek and to save the house of Israel. And you are included among that household. If not first and foremost fed at the table, we are still at his table and fed with mercy and given life and rescue from Jesus, who came to seek and to save you no matter how insignificant you may feel, there is a place at his table for you. And you can come to that table confident, not fearful, assured that Jesus has come and that the son of David never lets any leave his table without provision. And he gives at his table fully of himself so that we might have all that we need. In this struggle that she had, this wrestle, she's commended for her great faith. And she was there at Jesus' feet. She knew she would be fed. And so it is with you at the feet of Jesus. We know there is a place for us. And we know that he will meet every need. Every physical and spiritual need in the end will be met by the Son of David. David 